You're listening to Future Compatible. I'm your host, Devna Gandhi. On this podcast, you'll hear me talk to CEOs and promoters about how they keep their businesses agile through global uncertainty and plan for the future. Today, my guest is CEO and MD of Vinati Organics, Vinati Mutreja. Vinati has been working at the specialty chemicals company for 17 years and in that time has grown the company dramatically with Forbes listing her as one of Asia's most powerful businesswomen of 2020 and Business Today listing her as one of India's most powerful women in business in 2023. Hi, Vinati. It's so great to see you. Hi, Vedna. How are you? Good, thank you. Starting off with a tough question. So the euphoria, if you will, which was surrounding the chemical industry over COVID and over the last three or four years seems to have come off a bit. It's reflected in a lot of numbers also across the segment. So what is the growth potential now? Look, I think chemical industry, like any industry, you know, has its uh, cycles, so as to say. And the euphoria, if I, if you know that's the right word, I think pe- in in good times, people tend to overestimate the potential, as well as in bad times or in not so good times, people try to uh, people people tend to underestimate the potential. Business for us, you know, when we look at a ten-year horizon. These are just small blips. And the last two years have been so good for the chemical industry that this year is actually just a normalizer. It's an equalizer. And then when you will look at three years hence, you will see that over, you know, over the last five years, in general, the trend has been the industry has grown. But growth is never linear. There are years where you can grow 30%, and then years that which are flat and years which are negative. But on the whole, there will be 15% year on year. Would you say that um, as a sector, you feel like it's more cushioned? than other traditional sectors over the next few years, given the Western slowdown? Well, you know, a lot of companies, chemical companies that export to the West, whether it's US or Europe, are definitely feeling the hit a bit more than the ones that supply domestically. Now, domestically, what I'm seeing is the competition from China has increased, which was almost nil in the last two years during COVID. But competition from China has always been there, if you look at the last 20 years. I guess if we have a short-term memory, you may feel, oh, it's suddenly we're in a competitive environment. But five years back or seven years back, it was as competitive as it is today. And more than 70% of your turnover, 75% comes from exports. Have you seen a shift in markets that you're focusing on or some more, some less? In general, about 65% of our revenues come from exports. This year, that number will be lower uh, simply because domestic demand is doing better than export demand. So maybe that shift from 65, maybe TV down to between 55 and 60. Of the few new products that we have added in the last few years, uh, a lot of them are catered to the domestic industry. But it wasn't an intentional choice that we want to cater to domestic demand versus export. It was more a product-specific choice. You know, the product made sense for us to get into because there was no player in India, or it was a value-added product for us, it was integration for us. So there, there was another set of strategy behind it, not just market-driven approach. 
but how are you, would you say, hedging now for the global uncertainty that we're facing? Of course, the India focus has hopefully been a bonus for you, even though it wasn't planned that way. Exactly. You know, so if you have a diversified product basket and diversified not only in terms of geographies, but in also in terms of applications, like, you know, for COVID, during COVID, the pharma sector did well. Then the oil and gas started doing well when pharma was down. Now again, pharma is up, but agrochemicals is down. So thankfully, we have products that cater to at least 10 to 15 different industries. And that gives us a natural hedge in times like this. Um, I would say also the leadership, the lean balance sheet. You've had product diversification, as you said, now for a few years. But for any leader, this is a tough environment, right? Um, in certain ways. Uh, you have war, you have climate change, you have a definitive slowdown in the West. And Europe, I mean, it's a stretch, but people say that it's heading towards being a sort of dead market for a lot of people and a lot of sectors. So how are you planning for the next couple of years? You know, I, I don't think it's such a as tough an environment as it has been made out to be. I think the last two years was a rosy environment and we are comparing it just to that. But if you look at, you know, again, the last decade or two decades, I think these, uh, these events happen. And in any case, when you make an investment in a new product or a new factory, you're looking at taking a 10-year or 20-year view, not a two-year or a three-year three -year view. And Again, being a leader in India or being a company in India, it's, a, it's actually a great time to be in India because the West and others are looking at us. They are looking at us as an alternate supplier, which wasn't the case 15 years back. So we have that edge of uh, being in India. We're well positioned, I think, for the next uh, or the coming two decades. Tell me about input costs, uh, supply chain, freight costs. I believe freight now for the first time is normalizing over the last couple of months or last couple of quarters. But tell me about the imbalance in input costs by and large and when there are wars that take place, for example, how that's kind of tilting the balance. You know, the input costs have been and trade has been so volatile in the last three years. Even forex volatility, right? Yeah, and that's a fair point. I haven't seen this volatility ever pre-COVID. But thankfully for us, we are able to pass on most of these costs. Most of our end product prices are based on my input costs or freight costs. So whether the freight is up or down or input is up or down, my product price changes accordingly. It could be with a one-month lag or a quarterly lag. And so this volatility has less effect for us. And the same holds true for FX as well. Because most of our raw materials we import, those are also priced in dollars and hence we have, I would say we don't have as much of an exposure to dollar as one would assume. Uh, also, you have a fairly large expansion that you had announced, which should be completing. Now, given that there is a little bit of slowdown um, in the ATBS segment, there is some destocking. How do you view this strategically? Again, you know, this expansion is being done for a 10-year perspective. It takes two years to build a plant and then another five years to get your payback and then you start making money, you know, after the first five years. I still feel the long-term prospects of the products remain the same. You know, they, there will be double-digit growth uh, on average. <laughs> 
but you have to look at it over 20 years. Okay. You know, Vinati, explain to, I mean, some of us know, obviously, knowing your company, your products, your chemicals, your chemical compounds, the end users, but explain the sectors that you think are going to work for you uh, from an end user perspective over the next couple of years. The last three years, we have added products for the fragrance industry, for the resin industry, for the plastic industry, polymer industry. And I think these are all going to grow uh, over the next decade. Uh, we are adding a new range of products. One will be used as a polymer in inhibitor. Again, that's using the polymer industry. Another one will go in pharmaceutical. And I think these are all high growth uh, uh, places given the India demand, but as well as a global demand scenario. And tell me about ibuprofen, which in COVID was a ridiculous, if I might say, performer for you. No, ibuprofen, uh, we, we made the raw material for ibuprofen, IBP. That did well the first few months of COVID uh, simply because the customers got scared. Or, you know, there was a freight, uh, they, they got scared about the freight prices and inventory constraints. But then post that, post uh, 21, 22, it, it didn't do that well. Paracetamol was the one that everyone was uh, taking because uh, you always prescribed uh, Crocin or whatever, what sort of that uh, other form of paracetamol and uh, ibuprofen came down and it's coming back again in the last one year. So it has also seen its share of cycles, but it's a, it's a stable, it's, you know, it's a fairly widely used uh, painkiller, fever reducer and the growth there is just, you know, same as similar to overall GDP growth, maybe three, five percent. And, 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 that, and that's, a, that's fine. When I joined the company, it used to be 70 percent of our revenue. Today it is 10 percent. So the key here again has been adding new products to our basket. Which has been incredible because you've been very agile about that in the last few years. And I think it's made a huge difference to your numbers. Um, so tell me about your product mix that you think is ideal at this point. Our monomer business accounts today for about 40-45% of our revenues. The IDB and related products would be maybe 15. The newer products, phenols, would be another 15% and then we have some niche products, some custom manufacturing products that, that is 10. We have IND isobutene that's used in agro. That one can say is about 10%. And in the future, antioxidants will also be a big uh, revenue generator for us. Uh, Vinithi, you know, in terms of global factors like war and climate change, because even climate change is being talked about, we're seeing it. But how do you factor for these things? Sustainability, like how do you how do you factor these things in? You know, sustainability, climate change, all these have become so critical. All our customers are coming, evaluating us on these parameters, on our carbon emission norms. We have to give all sorts of disclosures. Uh, try to find bio-based routes for uh, you know production routes for our products. So it, it's expensive. It's not feasible the bio-based routes, but Sustainability is something we look at very seriously. About 50% of our power consumption uh, comes from renewable sources. And that holds us in high regard with our customers. And we just got, uh, we were just given a gold rating by EcoVadis, which is given to some 5% of suppliers globally. And they rank us on these parameters, mainly of sustainability and ethics. Viniti, where do you see the main pressure points 
going forward with the next year? I think timely execution of projects. Of course, the demand recovery. I think the demand recovery might be slower than what we might have anticipated six months hence. But having said that, uh, in a down market, everyone's always uh, pessimistic and negative. And then suddenly something goes up and then people become over optimistic. I mean, there is certainly a resilience also within India and within Asian countries that hopefully should also create some buoyancy. What about a market like Australia? Australia is a very small market for chemicals. Or, uh, it's, you know, the, the larger markets tend to be North America, Europe, then Southeast Asia, China, of course. But Australia is quite small for industry. What about the China Plus strategy that we were talking? You said that, you know, now they want alternate. Is that sort of, you think, it's, it's not lip service. Now there's a proper China sort of anti-China sentiment also in the West. So you think in a sort of down market per se, this is going to help this sector um, maintain numbers? You know, it's not as much anti-China, I would say. See, there are two things. China, the cost of manufacturing has increased in China over the last 10 years. As the GDP per capita increases or the country becomes a more progressive, you know, the overheads increase, the salary costs increase. So that makes India uh, competitive. Secondly, of course, during COVID, given the closures, uh, you know, now people are uh, becoming very wary of the the political situation in China. And thirdly, they have just realized that they can't be so dependent on one country, any one country. And so they need to create alternate suppliers. And especially from a country like India, where they see it as being relatively more sort of rational and sustainable as a country and as therefore companies within that country. Tell it. I mean, we, we, one can argue that we might be more politically stable, you know, in the, right. So from that perspective, let's see next well, year. Let's see, yeah. Viniti, lastly, um, tell me, how, do you, how would you describe your leadership style in good times and in bad times? I think a good leader should not get affected by good times or bad times. I think your uh, consistency and charity of thought should be there. And that comes out in your work, in your ethos, and how you translate that to your employees. Not getting affected by these minor uh, things. And to be, I think there was some somewhere you did ask me uh, previously about Israel conflict and these conflicts, if they are affecting us. So, so far, no, not really. I mean, okay, price may go up, my raw material will go up, but my price will also go up, right, accordingly. Right. And it's a kind of product where you can pass on. Correct. And most products are like that, right? Because they have to move in tandem. Otherwise, people will stop manufacturing if there's a negative contribution. Or if it's too high a contribution, someone else will start manufacturing. Now, Viniti, I love how calm and clear you are. You truly have been a fantastic leader for Viniti Organics. We've seen the journey over the last few years since you joined. And I look forward to seeing what you do from here on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dana. And good luck. This was Future Compatible with me, Devna Gandhi. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter, www.thecore.in, or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook as well. 
We would love your feedback. So do write to us at feedback at the Thank you for listening.